Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 44 is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash talkcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or MP3 player, if that's still a thing. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics for you, the listeners. Retro Rebel is released every week, pretty much. And you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or Stitcher, or wherever else you find your podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is our special guest this week, our site administrator and my friend, Daniel Slade. What's up? What is up? Well, welcome back to the show we started. <laughs> how, uh, how have you been? What's been going on? Well, you know, I was just on an episode, like, not even three episodes ago, so. <laughs> it's true, that's true, but now it's just us, you know, now it's just us, and now we get to talk about all the things that Amanda won't let us talk about. Ah, yes. So, what's up? I guess I guess the format is, what have we been playing? <laughs> What have we been playing? Yeah, well, just what's up in general, and then oh. we can get to what, what have you been playing. Well, what's up in general? Um, not much. Uh, still collecting toys and still loving Nintendo. You did, you did uh, show me a couple of uh, Autobots that you maybe recently Yeah, I just, picked, I just picked these up not too long ago. Um, Hasbro is releasing their, the toy line that's been out for a while. It's called Power of the It's called the, not Power of the Primes. But it's called the Prime Trilogy, and it started off with Combiner Wars, went into Titans uh, Return, and is now finally finishing up with what is called Power of the Primes. Um, and in the Power of the Primes line, they finally are releasing the uh, G1 style Dinobots. So I got three of the five Dinobots. Um, I'm excited. They look really good, except for Grimlock because he has uh, birthing hips. Uh, so when you transform him into a dinosaur. Uh, his hips are really wide. Uh, looks like nice. He, looks like he let himself go over the years. He did. Um, but other than that, all of the other ones look pretty good. Pretty good. Um, and Grimlock looks pretty good in robot mode. But you know they're Dinobots. You want to pose them in dinosaur mode. So exactly. Yeah. Well, I have a question though. The based on or if, if you compare them to the original, like the OG, I guess. Uh huh. Um, are they were they made of better stuff back in the the original ones or because the one some of the ones that I had seen over the years since the original release of them they seem to be of a lower quality. The plastics are probably going to be a little bit better nowadays because they use different materials in the plastics, but you can't beat diecast metal. Right, that's what I'm. I guess I'm because I always remembered some of them were metal, right? Correct. Some of the original characters were imported from Japan from a toy line called Diaclone before it was Transformers. Uh, Hasbro okay. brought the rights to Diaclone and turned them into the, the Autobots and Decepticons we all know love today. Um, long story short, but yeah, those toys when they were over there in Japan, they were made out of metal. A lot of a lot of them, uh, metals and plastics. And right. as the line progressed here in the United States, you know, they went away from that metal because it got really expensive and they went to the cheaper plastics. And yeah, so. Well, that's awesome. Um, I, I, I do remember that. But after seeing them, I just 
I didn't know if maybe they were of lower quality. I mean, they look cool, but uh, you know, when they re re-released a lot of the GI Joes and stuff like that, I was like, man, even the new GI Joes don't look as good as the older ones. You know, it's like they were packaging packaging them them differently. The paint and the style was just it just something wasn't right about it. So anyway, well, good. Uh, well, enough about toys. Let's get into the, the games. What have you been playing lately? What have this I been re- playing? Retro Rebel. So what have you been playing? Well, since I haven't been on the podcast talking about games too often, um, I, you know, the last time I left, I think I said I was playing some classic games. I'm still doing that. Uh, I just actually recently beat a game on Sega Master System called Alex Kidd in the High Tech World. Um, posted the... The magnificent end credit scene on t- our Twitter account when I beat the game. Um, nice. Basically, it's Alex Kidd sitting in a uh, oh, what the hell is the name of that game? Uh, Sega Rally Sport uh, arcade cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> or not not Raggy uh, Rally. Uh, what the hell? Outrun, I think it was. One Outrun. Of those, one yeah. of those Sega racing games. I can't remember what it was at this time. But I was like, oh, gotta get a picture of this. So I snapped a picture of it real fast and posted that online. That's um, awesome. And I've also been playing uh, Super Mario Galaxy, or not Galaxy, but Odyssey. Uh, yeah. Might as well be Galaxy. It's in space now. Uh, Moon-themed. Yeah, yeah, I beat the hell out of that game, and now I've been going back and collecting the moons. And as of Monday of this week, uh, I have 565 of the 999 moons. Nice. Um, I'm not even close to that, so. Sadly, um, must talk a little bit about this. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll save this part for, for yeah. We'll our, save our for uh, Labo and everything else. Yeah. Uh, well, good. Is there anything else you've been playing? Anything else? Uh, all? No, that's it. I made a, I made a uh, a promise to my wife that I would beat ten games this year before I bought another game. I mean, she was probably really upset that you didn't achieve that last year. Well, she. She makes the comment, and you know she she doesn't care what I collect, but she made the comment that you know you buy all these games, but I don't really ever see you playing them, and I'm like, well, yeah. I, I play them just not very often, so I made a promise to her that I would beat ten games this year before I buy another one. So right now I'm at two. Okay, okay. What are the two? What are the two? Like I said, uh, Mario Odyssey and okay, Alex Kidd. Alex Kidd and High Tech World. So and they didn't have to be modern; they just have to be ten games. Ten of my games that I currently own. Yeah, well, you've got a stash, and if need be, you can pull some out of your cabinet uh, that are a little easier to beat if you had to. That's that's true. But I'm gonna. What my personal goal is to beat ten games that I've never beaten or played before. So that's why yeah. I picked up Alex Kidd. Um, there's actually another Alex Kidd game that I have that I, now that I've played this game, um, I'm gonna go ahead and probably play that one and see if I can get through that. Uh, let me tell you, after playing Alex, you know, sidebar. Alex yeah. Kidd in the high tech world. Uh, after playing that, I, I would never have played that when I was a kid because there's really? no way in hell I would have figured out what the hell you needed to do in that game. Because <laughs> I mean, the game is like convoluted. You go basically, you have to collect these like multiple sheets of paper to get out of your castle so you can go. It's a map that you're putting together so you can try to find this arcade. Um, and let's not talk about the ninjas. We'll get to the ninjas. On a, on a different subject. Well, good, because I have no idea what this game is. Like, but I don't know it Basically, at all. it's this kid. He's a prince. You're trying to get to an arcade. That's the whole premise of the game. So you're wandering around this castle trying to find pieces of this map. And the puzzles are ridiculous. Like, you walk up to your father, and you're like, Hey, Dad, do you have my map? And he goes, Oh, you mean this piece? 
and then he burns it and it's a pile of ashes. What a jerk. And you're like, no. And you go try to collect the ashes. And if you collect the ashes, you die. Game over. You have to start all over. I'm like, what the crap? So in order to get the ashes restored to a freaking picture, you have to go down to the telephone, call this this gentleman. I forgot what his name is in the game. And then you have to wait until the clock is at uh, 45 minutes after the, t- the hour. And yeah. then he gives, he meets you downstairs in a certain room, gives you the stuff. And then you have to go back up in there, spray it on this ashes. And the paper comes back to life. I would never have figured that out without the internet when I was a kid. Right. And, and what was that system? What was the system that game? Sega master system. That's basically like Sega's versions of the Nintendo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's an eight bit. That's a lot of people didn't even know that system existed. Correct. I didn't yeah. even know it existed when I was a kid. I didn't find. I out did. I played later. it so briefly, though. You know, I played it back when. Uh, I guess it, I, Super Nintendo may have already been out, and the, somebody, one of my friends, had the Master System, and they had the Sega Genesis, and so. Um, but I played the Master System, and it blew. It just wasn't as much fun as anything I'd played on Super Nintendo. So, but, well, uh, for me, I've actually been playing. I, I'm still. I, I haven't played as much much of the retro games, although I have wanted to. Um, I've really been researching, maybe even my own arcade cabinet I that has. Too. Yeah, that I, I'm. I'm going to have one. You know, it's just I've got to pick the right one. I got. A, I got a spot right there. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, when I have a camera, I'll show you where my. <laughs> I've got a new office now, so my office is about a thousand square feet. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, well, it's also got like a couch and some other, so it'll be kind of an entertainment room. But I'm going to get a cabinet. It will go in here. I just need to find the right one that's got all the games that I want on it and maybe even can be upgraded. Well, I'm see, not sure how that works. Well, see, I want to build one. Um, and yeah. I already have the hard the, the the game hardware. I just need to buy the cabinet and the joystick. And once I get all that stuff, I could put it all together. Um, yeah. I'm going to use a Raspberry Pi. I'm pretty sure you've heard me talk about that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's upgradable. You put whatever games you want on that system. <laughs> okay. Well, if you can do that, then I'm. that may be the route I go. Because you could probably cut the price in half at least, you know, from yeah. the cabinet. I'm waiting for our local arcade again this year. They have some arcade games that are going to go on sale again this year for Christmas. Yeah. And I'm going to try to see if I can buy one that has a pretty decent cabinet that I can gut. For about two three hundred dollars for Christmas this year. Oh wow, yeah. Because see, that would be great, especially if you can get an old school cabinet that still has all the original. Even if it's like Donkey Kong, which you would never get. But no, would never if you could get something Kong. like that, if you could get something like that, you still have the original cabinet, but inside it, it's got all of these games. I mean, that would be my kid dream come true. Yeah, to like have if, if, silver if, spoons, Richie Rich, have that cabinet in the background, and maybe eventually a train that goes through my house. It would have to be like a Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter cabinet for me, but I would never gut a Nintendo cabinet. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Keep it original. Yeah. Well, uh, I've uh, I haven't played a lot of retro, but I have played a lot of Hearthstone. Um, it's just too addictive and too it's too much fun. Um, I talked to Amanda all about this all the time. Finally, got her to play it. And unfortunately, we can't play each other because of uh, she's on in the EU servers or on the EU servers. So, um, but nonetheless, it's a lot of fun, and it's linked to to World of Warcraft two right now because they're they're um, rolling out all of these uh, Battle for Azeroth uh, in the new expansion that uh, is coming to WoW, rolling out a lot of uh, cross platform cross game uh, benefits that you can get by purchasing 
early. You get like card backs and you get a bunch of other stuff. Um, so I've been playing that and um, playing a lot of Mario, uh, as you said, Galaxy. Um, now, where Odyssey. I am in the game, yeah, exactly, Odyssey. Uh, <laughs> but where I am in the game, and you can tell me kind of how far I am along. I'm I'm to the end of New Donk City. Uh, you still got a little bit. Okay. Um, because I kind of whipped through the game pretty pretty easily and got the majority of uh, the moons that I think you can get uh, without having to go back through. Yeah, there's there's going to be once you beat the game, there's these and you probably already seen some of them in, in the stages. You've probably seen these like weird gray looking boxes that you can't really do anything with, but they're right. in the stages. Yeah. Um, once you beat the game, you get to actually finally interact with those. And those actually unlock the rest of the moons in each stage. Oh, okay. So there's, uh, and then when you go to your map, uh, each stage tells you how many moons and how many coins is in each stage. So what I'm doing in the game is I'm actually starting. I started from the first kingdom, the hat. I can't think of the name of it. The floating hat kingdom. Um, yeah, I don't remember what it is. Yeah. I started there, and I basically collected all the moons and all the uh, coins in that stage, and I'm just working my way through. So like I beat. Uh, the first five stages so far like that. Um, and I'm just trying to complete the game. Yeah. Well, the, the um, I guess, I don't know. I've, I've really enjoyed it. There's a part in the game, uh, I think it's in the second level, and I don't know if you did this because it kind of it worried me when I found it. I, I guess there are these paintings that you can find that kind of <laughs> let, let you warp. Yeah. Okay, so I found the painting in the second level that takes you to New Donk City early. Uh-huh. I didn't I didn't go through it. Like I went in and then I went back out and I was like cuz I'm I'm this is how I play video games. Normally it's like okay, if I find a doorway to someplace else, I go back where I was to make sure I found everything before I go forward because my experience in gaming is sometimes if you go that route you can't come back at least anytime soon. Well, to ease your mind on those paintings, a lot of those yeah. paintings, there now there's some that allow the level to be accessible, but most of those paintings put you into a section of that stage that's basically inaccessible. Um, Once you get there, other than that zone. So yeah, um, and what they do is they allow you to get hidden moons um, in that okay. area. So like, if you would have warped to New Donk City, you would have warped to an area where you would have seen New Donk City, but you couldn't access the rest of it because of where you were at. Okay. Um, well, I did. I mean, I went through it and I and I stood in there, but I was like, well, I don't, I don't know what's going on here because it was it's all bright and shiny. But when I finally got to New Donk City, I was like, okay, I'm here. And uh, <clears throat> but it was raining, and I was like, well, okay, well, it wasn't raining when I was here the first time. Anyway, it's been fun. I love the game. Um, I definitely did not rate it as highly as I probably would have now that I've given it a good fair shot. I still think that it might it's not in my top five games from last year though. Um, but it, it's up that's up from not in my top ten. <laughs> uh, and it may be number five. To be honest, it may be number five because it's been that much fun to play, to go back to and to play. So Yeah, it, it, I think it was a I, I'd probably say it was my number one game last year. Um yeah. to be in number two. And then after that I have no idea. Does it matter? It's not Nintendo. It doesn't matter. No. You know, which brings us very seamlessly to our real first topic, which is Nintendo news. Okay. Nintendo news. Nintendo 
this this being we're coming up on the first anniversary of the switch that was february uh, right or, or is it march? i think it was march i think it was march uh i don't know what kind of nintendo fanboys we are that we don't know that i but. don't even remember i had to talk to nintendo yesterday uh, or not yesterday but on uh, wednesday and they're like when did you buy your switch and i was like uh a couple weeks after release yeah. <laughs> so yeah well yeah so that's one thing that's march important 3rd. to note March third, yes. Yeah. So I thought it was in March. Um, we're coming up on it, so we're still, you know, at the re- at the point of this recording, we may be about a month away. Uh, but nonetheless, we've had a, almost a year with the Switch, and so what I want to talk about in this first topic is just what our initial thoughts have been. Both of us have a history with Nintendo. Um, definitely, uh, I would say we are fans, and that might be an understatement. Um, but uh, you know, what is your I'll let you go first. What is your what's your initial thoughts on the on the the console, uh, the 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 games that accompanied it? You know what was released with it, and then we'll get to some some other news about it. So, what was your impression? So, first impressions. Got the Switch when it first came out. You know there wasn't really too much out there. Was Zelda that one two three Switch game, Bomberman, and I can't remember. There was a couple other little measly games that weren't really all that great. Um, So really, all I had was Zelda. Oh yeah, and Street Fighter. I had Street Fighter two. Woo. (laughs) <laughs> so played Str- Zelda played Street Fighter 2 you know got the pro controller um, I actually found that this is probably the first handheld that I actually played a lot um, in handheld mode actually you know there was you know there was a lot of traveling I had to do last year and while I was traveling I brought my switch with me and I didn't have the opportunities to hook it up to a TV where I was at so I played it in handheld mode um, when my father was in the hospital brought it with me to the hospital because I spent all day with him there Played it on the handheld mode. I mean, I, I found myself playing this thing, and it's comfortable to play in handheld mode. It's not like the DS. I can only play the DS for a couple hours before my hands start to cramp because, you know, the buttons are small and everything. Yeah but, yeah. but the Switch is actually really comfortable to play in handheld mode. Looks great in handheld mode. Um, then the game started coming out. Uh, picked up, you know, of course, Mario Kart. Uh, fantastic game. Even though it already came out on the Nintendo Wii U. Right. Um, they added a couple extra uh, tracks and some characters. Love that game. It's amazing to play on the Pro Controller. Uh, I, I just I, I love Mario Kart. I've always loved Mario Kart, the series in general. Um, and this Absolutely. game is no difference. Uh, Arms came out. Arms is a really pretty fun game. There's a lot of people that kind of bashed it because it's you know it's 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 a it's a fighter. It's, Gimmicky. Yeah. yeah it's a, and, it's, yeah. But it's fun. I mean, you don't have to throw your fist in the air with the with the. Uh, the remotes you can actually play with a regular controller so and that's what i like about the game is you have the option to use the controllers as the as motion controls or you can play with the actual um regular controller um and then after that game came out we had uh let's see mario kart switch oh yeah and then uh splatoon splatoon 2 came out uh do you play that though because i I, yeah actually I, i played it a lot uh it's as good as the first one. Um, my problem with it, and it's the same problem I had with the uh, with the first game, was you have to tilt your controller and use the the controller centers your ret- your aiming reticle and all that stuff. So it just takes a few minutes to kind of get used to the way it controls and everything. But yeah. once you get past all that, I mean, it's it's not a bad little shooter, and it's it's you know you're throwing paint on somebody. Um, you're not shooting, killing. You're buddies. a kid now. Yeah, basically, you're a squid. Now. You're a squid. Um, so, you know, those hardcore shooter 
uh, fanboys that love like uh, Call of Duty and all that probably won't like the game. But I think it's a really fun fun shooter game on the Nintendo. Yeah. Um, and then of course there's Mario. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, and I'm with you 100 percent with uh, the uh, with the Mario Kart game. Uh, just like you were saying, it's it's more of the same. It was obviously released on the Wii U, but uh, there are a few things that have been added to this version of it. Um, I probably have played Mario Kart more than I played anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just very intuitive. It's a lot of fun. It's probably the most fun I've had with Mario Kart since maybe Double Dash. Um, really, you actually like Double Dash? No, I'm just playing. Yeah, well, I liked I liked the what was the one on GameCube? Cube is that Double Dash? Yeah, that was Double Dash. Yeah, that's that. I think that may have been my favorite one. Uh, of all of them, it was the one I think I may have been the best at, um, and I remember. I, I mean, I won plenty of money on that, that game, uh, and uh, it was just one of my favorite games. And I was just really good at it. Uh, I was good at that one, and I was good at uh, uh, the the one on Mario, or on Nintendo sixty four. Mario Kart's just always been a lot of fun for me. Mario Kart is the same as for a lot of people. Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. A lot of people really hold that in high regard, and that's like their game. Uh, Mario Kart just holds a really special place in my heart, especially since the beginning. It's the very first one on Super Nintendo, so I loved that game. Definitely at the top of my list on terms in terms of the the Switch. And one of the things that I was worried about on the Switch was how it was going to control, because I knew that motion control was a thing for the for the Switch as well, just like it was for the Wii U. Did not enjoy playing the game that way. Don't enjoy playing the game using the motion. And so I was worried that I was going to have to do that uh, and use it instead of using the, the controls, which seemed to be more intuitive. And um, the you know the, just the the D pad or the the uh, analog stick. So I was I was pleased to see that that was the case. And so uh, I also had Breath of the Wild. Have not given it the chance that it deserves because I know it's good. It's just so big, and I had so many other games that I needed to play. I just hadn't I hadn't taken the time to get into it I'm, I'm going to this year though yeah so. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm planning on going because i i haven't really got past like the very beginning part of the game um i was just when i got the game i ran around and just kind of explored the world right um, figured out kind of what the what it's all about and but i really didn't progress much in the story uh because it's a huge game like you said and i was just like do i really want to undertake this right now right so yeah. there's nothing worse than doing that and then having to step away for a minute and come back and not know what you're doing yeah because then you'd be like god dang i gotta start over <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's worse things, but it's pretty bad in terms of gaming. Uh, we'll, we'll get uh, to worse things here in a minute. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, in, okay, so compared to the PS4 and the and the Xbox, you know, uh, I'm fortunate that I've got the PS4 and the PS3 and the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One. Hey, me too. Um, yeah, so I've, I've got a, a point of reference for all of that, and, and I've been pleased with all of these systems. Where do you see Nintendo kind of fitting in all this and how do you think they've done so far in this first year okay so with when it comes to nintendo i don't really think it's a fair comparison saying here's nintendo how do you compare it against xbox one how do you compare it against playstation 4 because i really do believe they are two different types of machines the xbox and the playstation have dominated the market as you know for the hardcore gamers that just love the shooters love the you know the in-depth mature games and nintendo isn't all about that nintendo is right. all about innovation getting people to play um 
their characters, you know, advancing their stories. Uh, if I was trying to compare it against the other systems, you know, if you look at the numbers, Nintendo blew up. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. They 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 sold. I don't know. It was I can't even remember how many units it was, but it was like in the millions. Uh, I yeah. think it's the fastest selling system of all time right now. Uh, I'm just going to try to check the numbers while you're talking. So, so I'm trying to do the same thing. Switch numbers. Um, how switch number? Transfer your telephone number. I don't think that's what I'm looking for. But anyway, it's funny. The very first I, I was just googling it, and I put total space, and the like. The fourth search down was total switch sales. Oh, well, there you go. Total Switch sales. Give me the number. Yeah. <laughs> so, Nintendo Switch overtakes PS2's first year sales record in Japan. Um, so, Nintendo had a huge December over in Japan. 900,000 systems were sold by December 24th. And this is Japan alone. Uh, they've sold just under 3.3 million total uh, in the homeland. I mean, I think it's it's... Over four million total. Yeah, let's listen to these numbers. Nintendo has sold ten million Switch consoles to players worldwide. The oh company yeah, announced. There we go. this puts the system well on its way of outperforming Nintendo's last console, the Wii U, which only sold thirteen point five million units today. Oh, they will. They may have. Oh, they may have surpassed it this month. So, so you know, it, it's you know, uh, Sony has announced that it sold 70, 70 millions of PlayStation fours to date. So you know. That system's been out since 2013. Nintendo has only been out for less than a year and has already sold a seventh of what Sony has sold. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, that, that kind of shows you that this system was something that people wanted. Um, right. Now, granted, a lot of people are already complaining about it, um, that there isn't a lot of hardcore games for the hardcore gamers. Uh, you know, the system just released Doom. Um, it just released... Uh, um, Skyrim, and there was another one right. that came out recently. I can't remember the name of it, but you know, it, it is coming out with some of those games. And I know they're they're not most recent, you know, the most recent AAA titles. But you know, I, I think we need to give the system a chance. We've only given it less than a year. Well, uh, that, that's a good point, though. I want to stick with that for just a second. What do you think it, uh, is the you know, speaking as objectively as you can? I, I realize we're both fans, and so there's a bit of bias. But if you were to, you're not selling it. You're just saying, why is this? Why is this particular console different? Why is it important? Why is it special? You know, why? Why? What? Would, what do you think is the answer to those questions, or the answers to those questions? Well, one of them, one of the big selling points is probably the portability of it. Right. Absolutely. Uh, you have a home console. Now think about this for a second. You have a home console. They're, they're saying it's a home console. They're saying it's not a portable device. It is a home console that you can snap two controllers on the side of it, take it off of a dock, and take it with you and play the same games that you would on your home television. Right. What other console can you say you could do that with? And they look great, you know. They look great. You know, back in the day, if you wanted to play something on portable, you had to buy a completely different game. So and you didn't get the titles that you had on your television on your on your on your handheld devices. They weren't right, the same exactly. titles because the system couldn't do it. But this is a system that does both. 
Yeah. Um, so it's you know it, it does that, and then just being the portability part of it, I think, is a tremendous selling point. You know, the fact that I can take it anywhere. I don't have to be connected to the internet. I can still play my games. You know, you can be on a on a on an airplane and playing it fine, no big deal. Um, which whereas you know you've really never been able to do it at to this extent. There was no you know the Game Boys didn't do it, Game Gear, PS Vita, none of them even came close. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the gaming experience? You know, I, I realize that it can't compare, but what makes the the Switch special? Again, you know, what makes this experience special? Well, for me personally, it's it's the games. Um, you know, I grew up with these characters. I've followed their adventures, and these characters are still around. You know, right. um, a lot of the games that are out on these these newer systems, you know, they're 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 the characters that the modern generation has grown up with. You know, they they came out during the modern generation's time. I didn't grow up with these characters. Yeah, but the characters on Nintendo have been around just as long as I have. So, I, th- I think that's why I'm I'm partial to Nintendo because I love these characters. I love Mario. I love Metroid. I love Samus. Um, yeah, Zelda. You know, I love all those titles and and Link. Link. You know, they're they're gonna be those titles and more are gonna be on the Switch. So, I always thought. You know, I never really put two and two together. I always thought Link was Zelda, Zelda. <laughs> as a kid. So anyway, but no, that, I mean, that's a good point. And, and you know, the, I think that the, the Nintendo has a place in this, in this atmosphere, this, this, uh, I guess in the, uh, you know, in this climate, because it does stand apart. It is so much different than everything else. It's not trying to compete. You know, if I was trying to not even convince someone else, but if I was just talking to them about the Wii and I'm like, or about the, the switch. If I was talking about the Wii, I'd be like, well, you're too late brother. But if I was talking about the switch, I would be, I would try to tell them, look, this is a, this is, it's fun. It's portable. It's completely, it, I mean, it, it's seamlessly transitions from handheld to uh, console. You know, it, the, the dock is, is super user friendly. You know, everything about it is two plugs. That's it. And look what the mo- look what the modern systems or the more powerful systems, I should say, are trying to do. Yeah. You know, in order for them to try to stay competitive with one another, what are they doing? They're releasing a more advanced version of their hardware. So you have the yeah, exactly. So you have the PlayStation Pro, the Xbox One X. You know, all they are is the same systems with with a beefier graphics card, more memory, and probably a bigger hard drive. You know. <laughs> yeah. They're not really selling, in, you know, innovation. Where Nintendo is saying, "Hey, check this out. You know, we don't need to be powerful to compete. We can sell our games. We have our characters. We have our library of characters, and you know, we like to innovate. So look at this new system that look look what it can do. It can connect to your television. You can take it with you portably. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, those are the things I think that's going to keep Nintendo around forever. I agree, I, and. Uh... I, it just it completely blows my mind how they are able to innovate and how they're able to continue to change and and stay relevant, not just relevant, but like in their own right, carve their own path, uh, you know, with in this in this day and age where, like you said, they're trying to keep up with each other and Nintendo just doesn't care. Well, that topic is brought to you by our sponsor, Audible.com. Reading is fun and Audible has been around for almost 20 years, providing a great service. 
Help us out by heading over to audible.com and check out their trial service of a free audiobook and 30-day trial by entering audibletrial.com slash Togcast. Well, what is our uh, what is our recommendation this week, Daniel? Well, our recommendation this week is a recommendation I probably said on the podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and say it here, too. Um, it's going to be called From a Certain Point of View. Uh, it's a Star Wars book that tells you it's 40 different stories from 40 different artists. Uh, uh, not artists, authors, authors, I should say. Uh, Arthur's as well. There's probably an Arthur in there somewhere. Um, there might have been. Um, but basically, there's they're telling you different stories from different characters' points of views from the Star Wars universe. Um, right, and it's a play on Obi Wan saying from a certain point of view. Correct, correct. Now I will tell you as as you're listening to this book on Audible, you know you're going to see the entire movie play through your head because it's picking stuff from the very beginning all the way to the very end. Um, and that's the one of the coolest parts is I think you get to see the same. Actually, you get to see the same scene sometimes from three or four different perspectives. Correct. I will say they stay in Mos Eisley Spaceport a little bit too long. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe in the uh, cantina for a little too long. Correct. <laughs> but other than that, um, it, it's it's a great book. There's some stories in there I didn't like. There's some stories in there I love to death. Um, but I totally recommend it. Absolutely. Yeah, I do as well. And you can head over to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast to get that free title now or choose from over 180,000 other titles today. That will take you a long time to sift through. Support us by heading to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast and get your free 30-day trial started today. Topic two. Now let's get to the Labo. Nintendo Labo. What's Labo? I believe that's what it's called, isn't it? (laughs) I believe this is the revolutionary toy for the ages that uh, Nintendo's developed. Okay, so Nintendo has come up with this this grand. I'm going to call it a scheme. It's, yeah, they are. It's probably not far from the truth. They are going out on a limb here, and they are going to try to sell kids cardboard. <laughs> Basically, pretty much. That's it. They're going to start selling. They're selling you cardboard. But what's unique about this? Uh, but this cardboard is perforated cardboard with instructions on how to fold it, bend it, tear it out to form different devices that is compatible with the Nintendo Switch. So, for example, the they released a trailer a couple weeks ago, and in the trailer you saw things like someone built a piano, which looked freaking ridiculously hard to build. I want to add. Um, but popped the switch in there and started playing on the keyboard. Uh, someone built this robot that had legs, and you put the controllers in there two different directions, and you're able to control the, how this thing walks with uh, the vibrations of the controllers. Um, someone made a fishing rod. Uh, right. A piano a, fishing a rod? piano, a backpack that controlled a robot. Um, crazy. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know... What now? Seeing what you can, you, I mean, we obviously uh, seeing it as they unveiled it, and I think it was a Nintendo Direct, correct? Uh, that they that they released this information, and then they released some uh, they released some some kind of videos, uh, you know, that without I don't think I think there may have been music to them and things like that, but there was no like explanation of it. It was just 
visual representation, you know, showing people, putting them together, and then actually showing how the Wii more or less fit in there. I mean, there was even a robot suit uh-huh. where the Wii fit into it. Um, all of it cardboard. So our first impression is what? You know, what's your first impression there? It's probably going to fall apart. It's fall right? apart. It's cardboard. It's going to tear. It's going to rip. It's going to crush. Um, it's not right. the greatest of materials if you want to have, you know, durability durability while you're playing a game you know especially a physical type game right absolutely but this is the thing and and this is the thing i think we all have to keep in mind all of us that grew up with the nintendo that wanted to play it that wanted you know that 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 hope and pray and and you know and and we stand by nintendo with everything that they do even when they do some stupid things maybe like the labo we have to realize that the labo's probably not marketed to us. Yeah, it's def- you know? definitely not marketed to adults. It's, it's not gamers. an adult thing. Right. It, and in, in my personal opinion, it looks like it's a device that's marketed to kids to kind of get them into, dare I say, like engineering type stuff, maybe? Right. Maybe so. I mean, I think there's no doubt that it is, it is definitely intended to get their minds active. You know, to... Uh, you know, there's a bit of inspiration, and one of the best videos was a was a fan made video. I think Movie Bob Movie Bob uh, created it, and and it's the same Labo commercial that's like two minutes, two and a half minutes long, but it's set to Willy Wonka and uh, the the song where he's they're in the they're in that that big open area with all the gumdrop trees and the pure chocolate river, pure imagination. And so it's set to pure imagination, and you get to hear it, and, and that song coupled with that, the imagery, and it, t- it took me back to being a kid again. And you're just thinking, man, I mean, I can totally see how this would have been awesome. You know? And even if I played, played that piano, and they say that the piano takes like two hours to put together, um, they may just be crazy like a fox Yeah, I mean- in this but look at the cognitive skills that these kids are going to learn by building this stuff. Right. Um, well, you definitely have to have some patience and it's probably not for everybody. Cause a lot of parents are going to be putting this stuff together. Oh, correct. Yeah. If you're going to buy it for your kids, you're going to be sitting there for hours building the stuff yourself. Right. Just make sure after you get done building it, you're like, they, thy who built it plays it first. That's right. <laughs> exactly. I will be playing. I'm going to teach myself a few songs in this piano, son. Now, yeah. there's two different kits that are coming out for this. One is the variety right. kit, which runs $70. And the okay. second is the robot kit, uh, which runs $80. The variety kit comes with the toy con, the, the RC car, uh, a fishing rod, the house, the motorbike, and the piano. So it's, it's going to have, what is that, five different sheets of cardboard that you can build different things out of. Yeah, yeah. Um, the robot kit's going to be that that robot that you saw in the scene where it was the whole backpack with the arms and everything. Um, so that's going to be its own kit for 80 bucks. Now, what a lot of people, and I've been reading on Twitter that a lot of people are like, Nintendo is going crazy and they're selling us cardboard for $70. I think what a lot of people aren't really taking into consideration is that the software that it's going to take to run this is 60 bucks. That's what a typical game costs. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're paying the additional $10 for the cardboard. Might be a little high for cardboard, but, you know, Nintendo put ink on it and all that other stuff and perforated it and all that other good stuff. So, yeah, it might be worth 10 bucks. But you're paying 10 bucks for cardboard, not 70 Right. Yeah. And that's important to keep in mind, too, that you're buying the software 
um, and the and the cardboard isn't. It's yeah, they've up they've uh, definitely uh, increased the price of what cardboard might cost. But like you said, it's strategically it's perforated, it's shaped properly. I mean, they did all the hard work for you. You are not going to go find a cardboard or a piece of cardboard and do this yourself. Correct. To the extent that they did. I mean, this is specifically made for that. It's kind of like nowadays. We could never buy the Legos that we grew up with, and this is something people probably have forgotten. You're not going to go buy the Legos we came up with or grew up with and then go build the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Okay? They had to sell you a a kit specifically to become the Millennium Falcon. That's the only way you're going to build that, you know? It's a it's thousand pieces. No way. No way you're going to do that. So I think that this is I, – I, it's definitely gimmicky. But I think it's just it's it's just gimmicky enough to kind of get people interested. And I think that when they actually I think it's I think it's gonna be successful. Now, I don't know that I'll ever you know, get my hands on it. I don't know that my kids I think they're a little bit old for it now. I don't think that they'd be interested in it. They might be, but I think it would be a passing interest. I think it, they are already out of the, the demographic. I think it'd be interesting though and and uh, I think it'll be successful. Yeah, I don't see myself running out to buy it, but I wouldn't mind trying it. Absolutely. And I think in closing, I mean, honestly, this is, to me, this is showing you that the the the, the Switch is, is way more than I think any of us are really, that any of us really expected. I mean, we I don't think we thought it was a one-trick pony in terms of its... You know, it's portability, but also, uh, you know, gimmicky with the, you know, the controller. I didn't do the the one two switch game. I didn't play any of those games. And I know that there's one where you it's it's very haptic sensitive, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so you can feel like the marbles dice in your hand. Yeah. Or the marbles in your hand. I think that would be really awesome. Uh, but that was a gimmick. I think it's just to show you what it's capable of. Yes. And I think that in the future, we're going to be. So pleasantly surprised, and I think a lot of people are going to be surprised at what the Nintendo Switch is actually able to do. VR! <coughs> Sorry. Hey, I uh, called it. I called it. If, if Y'all go back, listeners, go back and listen. We called it here months ago that one of the one of the, well, and I can't take complete credit for it because I heard it on, uh, I think MatPat on uh, Game Theory might have brought it up first. I think we but said I was it before set. MatPat. You may have. If we if we'll go back and listen to it, but Sorry, we call VR on on uh, on this. Well, I totally think that that's it is completely capable of it. They've already I don't started, know they started building patents for it. I don't know if the patents are going to come true, but yeah, I knew that they had something like that, and and that just to me that with with the controllers, it is a perfect fit. Correct. It is a perfect fit. So I I don't see why they wouldn't do it, um, but. Closing thoughts. What are your closing thoughts? One year into it, the Nintendo Switch. Well, my closing thought is going to be not really a thought, but it's something that I'm experiencing right now, and I need to share the heartache with all the all the listeners. Oh, yeah, that is true. We do need to get to that. So I haven't had my system for a whole year yet, and this week I was playing Mario, and while I was playing Mario on my television, the picture flickered off, and it, the picture appeared on my Switch screen. I saw it in the dock. I'm like, well, well, that's weird. So I go over there and pick it up off the dock, put it back on the dock, couldn't get the picture to show up on the dock. So I was like, well, let me look to see if it's charging. 
put my switch down on the plug, didn't charge, disconnected the plug from the dock, plugged it directly into the switch, didn't start charging, plugged it back into the dock. The dock started flashing green really fast. I'm like, well, this is weird. It's the green ring of death. Basically, I looked up online and found out that this is something that's been happening to some of the first releases of the dock, or of the, the Nintendo Switch itself. There's something that's wrong with the uh, the the micro uh, C port, the, uh, what do you call it? USB-C. Yeah, the USB-C 3, or USB-C 3PO. Uh, so, basically, my, my Switch is shot. So, I go, okay, well, I'm going to call Nintendo, because in the past, whenever one of my systems had a problem, I called Nintendo up, they were wonderful, package my system, you know, I get it up to them, they repair it, they turn it around to me, and I never had a problem with it. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, no big deal, I'll go ahead and call Nintendo. Called Nintendo, and while I was on the phone with them, here's the bad news. So Nintendo gave me all my stuff, said it's going to have to come in for repair, that stuff was great, but I'm like, okay, so I got a bunch of saved data on here, and I noticed that I cannot save this to a memory card. Um, Is there a way to get my saved data off of here? They're like... No, sir, there's no way to save your memory to a memory card. They're like, do you have another Switch that you can do a transfer to? And I'm like, no, I don't have another Switch. They're like, well, sir, right. um, there's actually no other way to get your data off the system. And I go, okay, so what happens if you all have to do something to my system? They're like, well, we're going to try to save the data, but if we can't save the data, then, you know, you'll have a Switch that's working. And I'm like, really? You, you may have to erase my data, and I won't get my data back? So it's concerning to me that I have this... $300 system and I've spent many hours in Mario I'm not even going to exaggerate how many hours I spent in Mario but I spent a lot of time in Mario Yeah, and I'm about to lose my 560 stars or moons I'm sorry so I'm we're talking about lucky charms I'm, I'm kind of nervous about this man if I get this N- Nintendo back in a couple weeks and it doesn't have any of my data on there I'm going to be pretty pissed and, and I wouldn't blame you so and I've been reading horror stories. Some people got their data back. Some people, like this one guy, he put 200 and something hours in Zelda, got his system back, and it was all gone. That is, um, that's tragic. So, um, I know why Nintendo's doing it this way, because that's how they hacked the Wii and the Wii U. They were able to go through the memory, the save files of certain games, and go in through the back door and create the files so they can hack the systems. And Nintendo was probably like, they're not going to do that with this system, so we're not going to allow them to have access to their save files. Um, yeah. But it hurts consumers when stuff like this happens. Well, it, I, it, I hate it for you. Um, I hope that's like the minority of, of the consoles, but um, I think all of them have those growing pains, and that's one of the unfortunate side effects of getting one of the first generation. You know, Not all the kinks are worked out yet. Correct. But... Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Daniel for this week's discussion. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. Any questions or comments, feel free to sound off in the comments. Email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. Please head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you download and rate us, because that really helps our show. Until the next time. What does Amanda say? Bye. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Goodbye.